When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It was a trip because we threw kids for a loop. I think they were so well, they were so excited to see Jarma Travis come out on stage so close to them because we were playing small club. All of a sudden kids were like, wait a second, this is a whole different trip, you know? And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, I've got my brother Travis with me as always, and we are back in school, dude. School's in session. Uh, Dude, I just got these dope-ass Converse All-Stars. They're high tops. It's not really a big deal, but I can't tell right now if you're making a joke, if you got some sweet new fucking covers. Oh, <laughs> no, no, man. It's, it has been since high school. If we're going to talk about cons, didn't you get the limited edition John Lennon Converse? Yeah, there were these really cool. They were like cream colored. They had like this little doodle of John Lennon. It was a doodle that he did himself and it was him sitting on top of the world all about that world peace right well that was the it was released for it was like uh it had like the lyrics to something like that i had the lyrics to imagine like along the the rubber like the the edge of the shoe yeah and it had like the word imagine and like i don't know chinese script or something it was fucking cool that is cool uh and rather than just keeping them all sealed up in the box i wore the shit out of them because they were badass anyways man what how did we already get off track so badly? <laughs> did you ever wear Converse All-Stars, dude? Or was that just me? Uh, probably just you. Oh, okay. I I had my Airwalks, though. Remember those? Yeah, dude. That, that was like... That's the funny thing about Airwalks is like... That's synonymous with like the skater crowd. Never once did I jump on a skateboard. Not once. Me neither. Yeah. We were listening to Blink-182, as we talked about last week. And we weren't even... I mean, we were, you know, we could have at least tried to skateboard, you know, so that we could be a proper poser. But, um, <laughs> no, dude, no. we were, we weren't even, we were, we were bad at posing as punks. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I listened to, to, well, I shouldn't say I listened to metal in high school. I listened to Metallica in high school. 
Um, and I never once looked wore the clothing that a metalhead would wear or hung out with metalheads. Painted like, your fingernails black. Nah, yeah, exactly. For me, like music has never defined like the type of person I am. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? How it does for some people where it's part of their like scene, part of their uh, identity and whatnot. Like music is definitely part of my identity, but not like a specific genre that is like tied to, you know, the your group fashion. that I, that I run with or the fashion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, huh? What are we doing? Oh yeah. We're recording an episode. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're talking about box car racer today. Yes. Right, Q? Yes. 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 And now last week we covered blink 182 and their date. Well, I almost said debut album <laughs> and their 1999 album, Enema of the State. I mean, it was the the debut of Travis Barker behind the kit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As far as, uh, you know, their records go, at least. And the reason that I said school's in session, just in case you missed our episode last week, we are going back to school in the sense that we are covering bands that we listen to exclusively in either middle school or high school. No, that, that's a good, that's a good uh, way to put it, because some of these bands, especially the ones in the next few weeks... The, the the amount of time that we listened to them heavily was during middle school and high school. And now they're just more bands that we that we go back to for nostalgia, but we don't enjoy the music that they continue to put out. A lot of these right. are like I listened to one album and one album only, you know. For a because, lot of these bands, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it came out in in our formative years and that's what we relate to. You know what I mean? Versus Spoon or even the the strokes, right? Bands that we have appreciated for forever, basically, and still listen to and tune into what they put out. Like these are bands that were very much, you know, tied to our school years. So yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> this is a roundabout way of getting to the meat of this episode. This is our sidetrack for our Blink One Eighty Two episode, and we're covering Boxcar Racer, which was a little side project that Tom DeLonge started with Travis Barker. And uh, they they started playing together around 2001. Uh, they only released one album. It was a self-titled. That came out in 2002. So you and I were freshmen in high school in 2002. So this can be uh, the start of our high school jamming. I, I yes. know for sure I listened to this album in high school. I know I listened to it when it came out because there was just so much buzz around the fact that that the boys from Blink were starting a side project. And, and to be clear, it, it was just two out of the three. Right. It was two thirds of Blink. So the two, the two T's. So actually now, more specifically, it was, this is just Tom's thing. Well, what we learned about Tom, uh, Travis is that he's down to drum for anyone at a moment's notice, basically. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but he pulled in Travis simply because he didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And, so this all started when Tom started playing more acoustic guitar during the recordings of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And he started writing darker songs. From what I read, he, he was going through some, some back issues and he had to have surgery. So he was kind of down and out for a little bit. And he said that his mind just started kind of uh, steering towards more darker <laughs> lyrics like into the world kind of stuff and he thought that these kind of ideas just wasn't going to fit well at all with blink 182 
and they had a little bit of free time in between touring for Blink. And so he decided to jump into the studio and record some songs that that he thought just would not work for Blink. Well, that yeah. I mean, what we talked about last week with, with Blink, like, aside from Adam's song, which was about depression and suicide, like, the point of the band was to just stick around and have fun. You know, it was about, hey, you know, let's go to a Blink show and just sing out loud to songs about diarrhea and whatnot, because it's just funny and, like, we're here to have a good time. So that's kind of interesting, and, and it makes you wonder how many how many songs are, are, are written in some sort of a, a lyric notebook or something like that, either Mark or Tom, right, that, that just got shelved because they're like, well... This is certainly not a Blink song that I've written. Right. And, you know, I don't have a side project at the moment. So, yeah. So, that's interesting. Uh, He said it's really just something to do in some spare time that was only expected to be on the low list of the totem pole of priorities in my life, uh, just to have another experimental creative outlet. He says, this is just for fun in the few days we have off from our real jobs, meaning Blink-182. Yeah. But, so here's the deal. A lot of people think that the that Boxcar Racer kind of led to the falling out between Tom and Mark uh, because Mark felt really betrayed and jealous uh, over Boxcar Racer because to him, this was Tom pulling Travis in to do a project and leaving him out. He didn't know that Tom literally just thought, oh, I'll use Travis so I don't have to pay a studio drummer. And he, so he felt left out. He felt betrayed. I mean, I get that. I totally get that. I get it. But I mean, so this this kind of reminds me of um, when Dave Grohl oh, yeah. did Queens of the Stone Age. And I mean, now that was that was because of like trouble that they were already having in the band, right? Yeah. Uh, like they were already having some turmoil and stuff. But um, similar, right? I mean, he steps aside to do Queens of the Stone Age, and then Foo Fighters kind of went on hiatus, right? Yeah, and the rest of the the guys in Foo were they, they felt horrible about it. They felt betrayed. Yeah. So one more thing I want to say um, regarding what Boxcar Racer eventually did to Blink. I'm going to quote Tom one more time. Uh, he was interviewed by MTV, and I can't find a date on this interview, but this was after Blink 182's self-titled, which was their final album before they went on a pretty long hiatus which and that one came out in 2003 to me that's that's their best work and it is a lot darker than enema and take off your pants that's exactly what i was going to bring up is that to me boxcar racer sounds like some of the things that they started to do uh, and were writing for their self-titled which i agree is their best their best work so yeah i think i don't know if it's true that we can say or if or if it is known that like like boxcar racer is responsible for what blink ended up ultimately sounding like i mean is that safe to say yeah because tom started writing uh more experimental you know more dark kind of stuff and his guitar styling changed a lot too when he started playing more acoustic guitar he started experimenting more uh behind the guitar as well so yeah that's cool tom started to feel trapped in blink and so this was his first way out to uh, f- his first way to to kind of explore more different creative uh, sounds and styles. So let me read this quote from Tom. He says, one of the craziest things about Boxcar Racer 
is that it was both the greatest and the worst thing for Blink. It was obviously the reason why we made that last record, he's referring to the self-titled, which I thought was a masterpiece, but it also caused a great division in the band. It was really hard for Mark. He thought it was really lame. Travis and I went and did that. But it was a totally benign thing on my part. I only asked Travis to play drums because I didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. It wasn't ever meant to be a real band. So Mark never probably just didn't believe that kind of thing. Yeah, when right. Told him like, dude, I just didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. Right. He, Mark's in, Mark's just thinking, yeah, right, dude, you're just saying that to make me feel better. So let's play a song. Uh, we're only going to cover one today. This is my favorite on the record. It's weird because I thought for sure this one was a single because I listened. Uh, this is the one I remember most from the record. Uh, so this song is called Letters to God. that song draft so oh yeah and i know what i know what's coming too so i know what the second clip's gonna be <laughs> yeah but yeah i'm looking at the lyrics um he seems like he's uh like contemplating like just his life in general and like i don't even know if we need to read the lyrics because they're clear as day i mean yeah he's i think he's writing about a person who is either about to die or has already died and he's asking right. god for another fucking chance yeah because he's saying like uh, you know, I should have asked. I could have helped at least a fucking thousand times before. Yeah, as in, like, I could like, have. Please been give me another a chance. Person. Yeah, maybe I don't want to go. Yeah, with the life that I lived, I'm going to hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this this is interesting. Will this offer get me in? Right. Or does this prove that they gave more? I mean, that sounds to me like straight up like you're um, giving your offerings at the church or whatever. Like, well, this yeah. extra dollar to heaven, <laughs> right? Kind of bullshit. Yeah. So, but I mean, dude, these kind of lyrics—they you can't sing about this stuff on a Blink record. No, <laughs> you know? not at all. Not at all. I mean, that would kill the vibes at a at a Blink concert instantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and and yeah, and that so that little clip I played at the intro, um, they were interviewed before the album was released. Interviewed backstage after uh, one of their concerts. They they played four concerts before the album was released. Uh, and they were playing really small venues. So a lot, every single one of them responded saying like, yeah, it was, it's really weird because we had all these kids, you know, 
crowding the stage really up close and personal because these are smaller venues and they're super excited because they're seeing Travis and Tom in a new band at a small venue. And then we start playing and they're just staring at us like, yeah, what the, what the hell? Like they just don't know what to expect. Yeah. And it's just a totally different trip is what uh, that one guy says. So let me name off the roster Uh, along with Travis and Tom. We've also got David Kennedy who also played in a band called Over My Dead Body, which is a, quote, straight-edge hardcore band. Uh, straight-edge hardcore straight edge. band. Yeah, you remember what straight-edge means? You don't do drugs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> subgenre. Uh, like, and then, what, do they have to do, like, a drug test, like, consistently <laughs> to prove that they're straight-edge? I don't know, man. For all I know, that's, like, a specific genre of hardcore music or something. Yeah, Who yeah. knows? But, um... And then they brought in bass player Anthony Celestino to tour with him. All of these guys are, are super close friends with Tom and Travis, and they've all been friends since grade school. So Okay. Uh, so, Mark, freaking calm down, dude. He only pulled in Travis because he didn't want to pay a studio drummer. The other guys are fucking longtime friends. Right. Relax. But now, so now Mark is sitting out the – like, he's outside of the window, like, looking into the studio, you know. So, here's the deal, man. And our outro song is going to be uh, track – 12 on this album and mark hoppus himself is featured on vocals so he is on one of the songs on boxcar racer he just felt like they left him out of the project as a whole <laughs> well so what, he just got his what? feelings hurt man you yeah know? just just calm down mark you know i get it just though. Calm you know, down. Yeah, I, I know you now, get it too i mean i don't i don't know this off the top of my head but angels and airwaves yes was was mark involved in that or was it? Was that just a solo Tom? Project? I think that was just Tom, and that happened right after. I read that Tom, literally the same day, on um, after the last day of recording in the studio for uh, the self-titled Blink record, that same day he uh, started writing and recording stuff for Angels and Airwaves. He already had all that shit ready to go. Well, it makes you wonder. Did because you know, as we know, like this, the self-titled. Blink One Eight Two record was the last Blink project for a long time. Like, was that yeah. known? Like, okay, after this, we're going on a hiatus, and that's why he immediately went out and and did his own thing. Because he's like, okay, I'm done with Blink. Let me just like wash my hands of Blink and 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 move on with my life, kind of thing. You know. Well, Travis was already doing stuff with the transplants as well. Okay. Yeah. And dude, you know what? I, I completely forgot about this until I re- I read. Remember, Travis had a reality TV show. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do that was that. around that time as well. Yeah, so they were looking um, for ways to make extra moolah because their gravy yeah. train. Yeah, and what Mark stopped. was doing around this time or, or shortly after, uh, he was producing records for bands. So, okay. yeah, they were all doing their own thing. Tom was the only one that kind of didn't go public about it. Apparently, he isolated himself for like three weeks right after Blink went on hiatus and just kind of avoided interviews uh, post blink he was just so obsessed with angels and airwaves being like the biggest band in the planet that he wanted to get everything right and so he just kind of avoided the spotlight for a little bit but anyways dude we got one more clip to play oh, yeah. uh, but before we play clip two let's take a quick break so let's play our last clip i i 
really cut out just a few like seconds of the song. Um, but there's a really cool piano solo and they're going to fade us in around that part. That's the part that you looked forward to when you hit play on that track. Oh, especially, uh, how old were you then? 15? Yeah. We probably thought this was the shit. Yeah. So this is the part that, that makes me think, um, that, yeah, like you said, if Tom is exploring, um, and, and playing the guitar in different ways, like this was what led to the kind of stuff that he was doing on the self-titled blink record for sure. Cause there's, there's some like chord progressions and stuff that sound very very similar to that on the blink record so yeah uh, yeah that's really cool yeah i i like this album a lot i think it holds up for for the kind of you know post hardcore emo punk kind of stuff that was happening in the early 2000s i think this is a solid album uh definitely helps to have barker behind the kit but i think it's a really cool acoustic really quiet not just your standard like muted guitar strumming you know power chord kind of stuff yeah the power chords yeah sure um but you know and the intro was acoustic right there probably is i don't know off the top of my head but there's not very many if 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 any blink one two songs that have an acoustic guitar you know well we need to go back and listen to take off your pants then because apparently tom was playing a lot of acoustic guitar during the recording sessions of take off your pants and jacket that's what led to this but does that mean, and I don't know if that meant it made it on the record. Though. If it made it on the record. Yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't listened to that album in a long time. I actually really like Take Off Your Pants. Me too. And I wish I, I wish I could think off the top of my head if there are any songs with, with acoustic guitar in there. I don't think there is. There might be like an intro or yeah. something like that that starts out acoustic, but I mean, not off the top of my head. I mean, it, you know, if, if anything, it would be um, Stay Together for the Kids. Yeah, but man. nope. I just push play and then no, no. <laughs> Again, if if they did it, it was thrown in as like, you know, like a bridge or like an outro or intro. Yeah, um, right. With, anyway. with with electric guitar on top of it, maybe. Yes, you know, it's probably maybe more in the background. Really great Blink songs on that record. Um, yeah, when you listen to Enema of the State, then take off your pants and jacket, and then the self titled record, which you know that's 
that's the order that they came out in aside yeah. from the the live record like you can hear you can hear the progression and evolution of yeah. blink because like yeah. you know enema was just them just sticking around having fun take up your pants you know they they start to progress a little bit yeah they definitely they definitely started to uh experiment more with 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 guitar styling so yeah a lot yeah. of it is tom it has to be tom and because of course with travis he can do anything. He can do whatever. Everything at all times. So he's just gonna, he'll do whatever. Like I was saying earlier in the last episode, whenever I see Mark in an interview, the guy just seems like he's just he's just there to have fun, dude. You know. So yeah. you leave it to okay. Tom, who's so maybe who's, he just wanted to continue doing, you know, riding that gravy train with the with the formula that they created, and he yeah. didn't want to stray off and do anything serious. Right. Yeah, that could be it too. And you know, when we know that Mister Tom is going out in the backyard, looking up, contemplating aliens every night. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. he's gonna, you know, he's gonna write some more serious stuff. So anyway, yeah, man, um, definitely a good sidetrack for Blink. Everybody remembers this record. If you were a fan of Blink, you probably remember this record because, like you said, Q, um, it was so different than the Blink stuff. But it's, I mean, Tom's voice is just so unmistakable, you know. And so unique too. Yeah, and and again, this is still like he- heavy in the age of MTV. So, guarantee you, we were hearing about this, and they were probably hyping the crap out of this album because yeah. it's Travis and Tom, right? So, yeah, man, that's that's really all I got. All I got for us today. All right, man, I got a really good track here for for my what you heard. So. I got a good one too, and I'm I'm starting first this time. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so I just heard this song. On another random, I think I I was playing a a radio playlist on Spotify. And Spotify, if you're listening, can you throw us some bones? God. (laughs) So uh, this is an album by an artist who goes by Barry. And that is actually her first name. Her name's Barry Lindsay. uh, And this is a project she started uh, working on. Uh, Really, it's just an artist who is refining her pop songs and in my opinion perfecting them it's just a really solid uh dream pop record it reminds me a lot of do you remember that artist jsom that i played a few tracks from last year i think she shows up on our top 100 or at least our our favorite songs from 2019 um or hatchy do you remember that artist hatchy yeah yeah i do yeah same vibe Really great, just good feeling uh, pop record. Uh, I'm just going to play, let's see. Uh, I'm going to play track four on the record. I'll just let it speak for itself. Uh, this is, again, an, an artist who goes by Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. Album is called Happy to Be Here. Came out in 2019. The song is called Habits.
Yeah, it's a great track. That's the whole album, dude. Yeah, I really like the um, the the guitar that, tone that and the effects is, and stuff. Is awesome. Man. Yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah, really cool. So again, that's that's an artist that goes by Barry. That was a song called Habits off of their debut album, Happy to Be Here. All right, dude, what you got for me, brother? What you been hurting? All right, Q. Um, so we've been watching a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows in quarantine, right? We're on the so, same boat, dude. Trust me. Yeah. So we watched a, a movie last week that I had never seen before, never heard of before, but it was amazing. It was great. Um, it's kind of a comedy drama. You can call it a dramedy, dude. <laughs> uh, it was called 20th Century Women. Came out in 2016, and it is a kind of a coming of age story about a a mother, uh, an older lady um, who is raising her her teenage son um, by herself. Essentially, she has a boarding house where she's got like a few people living in there, and you know she is kind of intimidated by having to raise this kid, and so she enlists the help of some other females in her life to help raise him okay that's the gist of it and okay. it takes place in uh southern california in 1979 a very specific year and that plays into the movie quite a bit because a lot of the a lot of the movie is based around punk rock music which makes it even that much more amazing because one of the one of the uh ladies living in her boarding house is sort of this artist, this punk fan of punk rock music who's like a photographer and she takes this teenage boy to like these early punk rock shows and stuff to kind of like get him out of the house and like, you know, get him to feel kind of like a, a, you know, loosen up a bit and like experience life and all this kind of cool stuff. So there's a ton of punk rock in the movie throughout the film and Talking Heads specifically plays a huge role, actually, in the film. The kid wears a Talking Heads shirt and gets beat up at school because uh, this kid was like, you know, black flag or, you know, bust, basically. So he sees him wearing a Talking Heads shirt, beats him up, and then spray paints like a, a, a expletive that I won't say out loud, Q, on the side of the, uh, the beetle bug that he drives, you know. Anyway, um, there's this really cool scene where the punk rock chick is listening to a record with a teenage kid and the mom walks in. She's playing this record from a band called the raincoats. And Ooh. it's a song called fairy tale in the supermarket, which is what, what my track is. Uh-huh. And, um, the mom just kind of jokingly says, can't things just be pretty like talking about the punk rock. Cause it sounded harsh and stuff. And then the, the photographer punk rock, girl says well this is what happens when your passion is bigger than the tools you have to deal with it so just talking about punk rock in general right like the spirit of punk That's rock a cool quote really cool quote i remember it stood out to me and i had to like look it up so i could so i could say it on this podcast but anyway so now we're going to listen to that track that they were listening to in the movie um again it's a band called the raincoats and they are a british experimental post-punk band that formed in 1977 um this record in particular came out in 1979 it's a self-titled record and again this song is called fairy tale in the supermarket
dude. I'm all about that. All day, every day. Let me tell you, dude. My favorite punk bands are girl punk bands. Always yeah. and forever, dude. Yeah. No, they... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That actually reminds me, when I heard this... I, I'm going to try to remember the the name of the band, man, but it was something that we covered on on our our blog that we used to run called um, New Dust. Uh, I think they were called like... Sorry, man. I can't do I can't, it. I can't help you. I can't pull it on my ass. But it was like this Sorry, band, uh, the widows. The widows. Look it up right oh, now. You did dude. it, man. You did it. The widows. Proud of you. I think. Uh, uh, nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely Shit. Not. Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, gra- grass widow. Grass widow. <laughs> man. All right. Grass Am I leaving all widow. this in, bro? You can if you want, man. Yeah. Okay. Grass widow. But yeah, okay. oh, I, I recognize yeah, that album that? cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scroll down. Yeah. We're gonna play this song right now, dude. It's gonna be a double what you heard. All right. What song? Uh, tattoo. Fucking love it. Anyway, um, so that was 2009, so that's 30 years later, right? Yeah. Which is pretty cool to think about. Um, but yeah, so what's interesting about that band, The Raincoats, I have a quote from the the lead singer of that band. Uh, her name was Jenna Birch. She said that she saw, she was inspired to, make the, to start the band Raincoats after seeing The Slits perform live earlier that year, which was another... Uh, you know, female-led um, punk band, right? And she said that in an interview, she said, <laughs> in an interview for She Shreds magazine, she says, it was as if suddenly I was given permission. It never occurred to me that I could be in a band. Girls didn't do that. But when I saw the slits doing it, I thought, this is me. This is mine. And so it's it's very fitting that that was chosen for this movie, because part of the whole thing was like this teenage boy is essentially raised by uh, like a feminist punk rocker and like his mom who's in her, you know, 60s. Really interesting. Really good movie. Um, if you're a fan of punk rock or just music in general, like you have to watch it. It's it's all about that kind of stuff, especially, you know, punk rock in the late 70s, you know. So anyway, that was a long ass fucking that was a long along and convoluted what you heard but anyway um yeah man that's it cool that's what we got for you let's wrap this puppy up do you want to tease what we're doing next week yes q all right now as we as we have mentioned some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks are going to be maybe a little bit more obscure and this band well how would you describe them q are they emo? 
emo with a with a little punk flavor splash. Yes, in. yes, yes, yes. That's good. Uh, okay, so this band is called Hot Rod Circuit, and we are going to talk about their 2002 record. Sorry about tomorrow. So I don't know if this is going to work out for us, dude, but we might be going in sequential order here. <laughs> you said Boxcar Razor came out in 2002 as well? It, it did. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to look up the months because I don't care that much. But yeah, this record, man, there's something about it. Um, it, it yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a very specific time in our lives. Yes. Uh, a very specific summer, dude, I should say. I can, I can picture in my mind the CDR with Hot Rod Circuit scribbled on the top in Sharpie. Like this was one of those albums that we probably pirated online, burned it to a CD, and we just got our license that year, so we were fucking free, dude. Well, we would have we would have gotten our license the following year, oh, 2002. Well, we were 15, but we we were learning to drive though. We were getting our permit, that kind of thing. Who's to say that we actually heard Hot Rod Circuit in 2002? Fair enough. Fair enough. I just remember yeah. listening to this album with the windows rolled down. Yes, driving my own car and feeling like a free man. Right. This album has some some killer tracks on it, dude. I'm really and, excited uh, to play these songs. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about a record called Sorry About Tomorrow by Hot Rod Circuit. And that will be the next stop queue in our in our bus, our school bus, as we're making our way through our high school years. This would have been our freshman year in high school, like you said. Making so. our way downtown. Watching something and something homebound. I don't know the lyrics to that song, but you know what? That probably came out around the same time. No, dude, that would have been nineties, right? Who was that, Sarah McLaughlin? Uh, no, I, I I can never remember the name. Um, Let's look it sure? up, dude. Now I'm curious. Making my way, I, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Let's I never would have remembered that name. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's one of those names I can never remember. That must have been her only her only hit. Her only hit, dude, she just came out with an album this year, Dwok. Oh, you know what's funny? What? That song came out in 2002. Thank you. Same year, man. Thank I, you. I don't know why, but I thought that was a 90s track, so there's much <laughs> I know. All right, man. All right, Q. So I'm excited about that as well, um, and it's going to allow us to just ease right into email, Q. So, spoiler alert. I can't wait for the next few months, dude. I can't yeah, wait. It's going to be good. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Tired of yapping. So, uh, you can find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com, where you can play all of our episodes. All 100 plus, 120 plus. Like, what's our count up to now, dude? I don't even know. I don't know. It's Yeah. All of our episodes, going back to episode one, we have show notes for each episode where we have our track list. Every song that you heard on this episode is on the show notes page. As well as any um, any articles that we may have pulled information from or cited, um, and yeah, you can also find us Q on the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a network of like-minded podcasts all about music. So go to pantheonpodcasts.com and you can find us there, as well as plenty of other great music podcasts for your enjoyment. All right, Q, that'll do it. That'll do it. And uh, for our outro song, we're going to play another song from Boxcar Racer. This one also features Mark Hoppus on vocals. Uh, they kind of do like a trading, like a back and forth thing. Uh, this song is called 
elevator. Uh, so that's going to fade us out. And uh, yeah, we'll shout at you next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.